No Dunks is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time for thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get in the game. And let me tell you guys, this thing works. Because when I told you about seeing Gus Dapperton at Terminal West earlier this week, tickets were $33. I just checked right now, Gus Dapperton, tonight, only $30. That is a 10% discount, and we still got hours to go before Gus takes the stage. So hop on Game Time, go to the App Store or Play Store, download Game Time, and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Do a little Tapperton on the Game Time app. <laughs> I love you, Gus! No, 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 wrong song, wrong song. I'll tell you that right now, dude. And then call 911. Party's on the dance floor. So what are that? Have a good day, folks. Good morning, Swim World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast. It's Friday, November 1st. I'm J.E. Skeets here in Toronto, alongside me, making the magic happen, J.D. How's it going, eh? There he is, eh? Joining us down in our ATL studio, we got the homie, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. What's up, Tassie? We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. yo. And the international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm, Lily. Guys, you know the drill by now. Follow us on Twitter and or Instagram at No Dunks Inc. Check us out and like us. On our Facebook page at facebook.com slash nodunksinc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And email us any questions, any comments, any concerns you have to nodunks at theathletic.com. All right, we got a fun Friday episode here for you. We'll get into a little up-down. Always a blast. We're going to fire the pun gun. Tass, you got those worst of the week candidates, and we got a whole yeah, lot more. we got some more. good ones. But we're going to start by looking back on Thursday night. Three games on. We'll touch on all three of these very briefly here. First one, let's start with the Pelicans Nuggets. Pelicans finally got a win. 122-107 home victory over the Nuggets. Uh, four Pelicans scoring 19 or more points. Jaleel Okafor. Yes, Jaleel Okafor scoring 26 to lead the way. New Orleans shot 53% from the field, hit 15 of 33 threes. And yeah, a good quality win here for the Pelicans and the Nuggets falling to 3-2. and two. And uh, Coach Malone not happy with his uh, squad, especially their defense and the starters um, was really calling them out after the game. What did you guys think from this one? I thought it was yucky from the Nuggets. <laughs> Do you want to play defense or not? The, Nikola Jokic was allowing guys to go to the rim. But I will say this about the Pelicans. They are the best 1-4 team in the league. Yeah, going to go out <laughs> wow. on a limb and say that. They've been playing fairly well for four of those five games, and they play hard. They play fast. It's an Alvin Gentry-style team, just like he had in the, when he was an assistant with the Warriors. Let's move that thing. Good shot. Let's fire it. And Brandon Ingram, a guy who's in his fourth season that we were wondering, will he ever fulfill all that potential as a number two pick? He's looking skillful out there. Definitely. He's looking right. And uh, he even had that health scare at the end of last year with the the, uh, the blood clots, the thrombosis going on. He is benefiting the most, I think, from getting the heck out of L.A. and just playing ball again. Uh, the numbers are great. And uh, I, I don't, you know, the, there was a cloud with the Zion Williamson thing. I think that's gone now. I think they. Well, it helps they, if Brandon I mean, Ingram's playing like this. It looks like an yeah, all star. Yeah. And, and like, totally. he basically looks like a lock through five games, the most improved player guy, too. Like 27 points per game right now, 51% shooting, eight boards, five assists. Those are money lines. Well, that's a money line right there. Yeah, he he's definitely looks more comfortable in this environment. They also got Drew Holiday back last night, which makes a big difference to mm-hmm. the way the ball moves in, in New Orleans. They're having a guy there, that point guard, who is actually a traditional point guard and who can get them into their sets. Uh, but Ingram's definitely aggressive. But you can be aggressive where Nikola Jokic is just standing there and not doing anything. He was absolutely garbage last <laughs> night defensively. And Jalil Okafor, I mean, he looked like an all-star. We know came, coming into the league, Okafor was a capable scorer, no, no doubt about it. But last night, he looked like that guy that the Philadelphia 76ers drafted all those years ago because he was going in, spinning around, just floating up these uncontested shots over Jokic. I He's mean, got moves for a big guy, for sure. He, he does. And, and I mean, that's the sort of game that could really give him a lot of confidence. But I will say, he's just not going to run into defenders who just don't care uh, very often. So, um, you know, last night he, he filled his boots, got, you know, had a fantastic line. Great win for the filled Pelicans. Filled his boots, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very cool. Was he out trick-or-treating in those candy pieces? Was, I tell you what, he was trick-or-treating on, uh, on Jokic because, honestly, Mike Malone, he was, it was like Greg Popovich last night. He kind of yanked 
with this uh, starters. He did yeah. a big four four player uh, uh, substitution. substitution there at one point, and then he just called out his team. Yeah, after this is the what game. he said after the game. He says, "We're a great talk. We, we're a great talk team. I love that. We can talk all we want before <laughs> the season starts. All the things we want to accomplish. Be a championship contending team. It's all bullshit. Show me." Yeah, very, very frustrated with the effort he got from his team. And, and, and again, they're 3-2. and two. They're lucky to be 3-2. and two. They do not look like a, like a plus 500 team right now with Jokic moping around out there, the defense being generally brutal. Jamal Murray, garbage, can't hit a shot. It's not pretty. It's not pretty for Denver, so this may be a little wake-up call they needed. But I'm ex- I just want to know what's going on with Jokic here. Or, or just is it nothing and he's just in a bit of a funk. But he's got to snap out of it because the, they, te- you know, they go as far as he sort of takes them, uh, especially on the offensive end, and then maybe a little effort on the defensive end would help too. <laughs> yeah, six shots for Jokic last night, oh. which is really bad. But even worse is that he only had six assists. His usage rate for the game was 15%. That's like barely a role player's mm-hmm. usage rate, not even 20%, which would be, you know, one-fifth of the, the possessions when you're on the court. That would be your job. If you do 20%, you're doing your job. You should be doing more, but it looks crazy. I mean, if Okafor is going to be roasting you, scoring 26, you got to at least be able to counteract it. You can't be playing the Okafor role on both sides. You can't be the bad defender and the bad offense guy. You got to be one or the other. You got to be good at something. So whatever's wrong with Jokic, he'll snap out of it eventually, and then he'll be putting up 20, 10, and 10, no problem. But there are just these times every every season where he takes a week and he just doesn't really seem into it. And that is unfortunately for the Nuggets at the start of the year this year when they're on national TV a lot. Not encouraging. Yeah, I, I obviously don't know what's going on with him. You guys talked about it on Thursday's show trying to get in his head a little bit is it a a mental situation and watching him in this game uh, there's a key play in the third quarter where Brandon Ingram just walks down the lane walks down the lane and Nikola Jokic watches him slam it down timeout and Jokic just meanders mopes kind of just crumbles and almost crawls he looks like he doesn't even look (laughs) like he's on his feet over to the bench for the timeout it's there's something going on uh, with Nikola Jokic, and if if they play poorly, if they have a, a bad year, I think that clip you'll see it a lot more because that was it was bad defense and, and as you said, Trey, bad offense. I, it's hard to recognize this Nuggets team right now. Yeah, we we it's funny with Jokic because we've talked before in the past about. You know, he's the type of guy that maybe has to play himself into shape as the season goes on a little bit because he is such a huge guy. But then we were like, well, this summer, you know, he's playing for his national team and it didn't go great. Like, they, they disappointed and he wasn't lights out by any means. But you think him doing that, his conditioning is going to be better and maybe that will carry over to the start of the season. And that's why people are high on the Nuggets and high on Jokic as an MVP candidate and all that. And that hasn't really, hasn't really translated. Again, we don't know what's going on with him, but... He, he's, he's not in superior shape for a guy like Jokic or anything like that carrying over from the summer at all. If anything, it's like the opposite. And people are now like, I don't know, is he tired? Is, is he, was he burnt out this summer doing that? It's a weird thing. It's like sometimes we're like, oh, that's awesome. You use that in the summer and you just ride it into the NBA season playing for your national team. And then if you don't, if you struggle, the flip side of it is, oh, he's just doing too much during the summer. Maybe he needs those <laughs> couple of weeks off to just hit the beach and, and, t- and pound some pina coladas or something. So it's, it's weird. We'll find out. I think as well, though, just the, the mental approach from the Nuggets last night was they looked at the Pelicans, hadn't had a win, and they were like, we're just going to beat this team because we've got more talent. And the, the Pelicans were a team that, you know, Tass kind of mentioned there. They've been playing well, just hadn't been able to break through. And last night, they finally, things sort of came together for them. So it was, uh, it was bound to happen. And, and it's good to see because, you know, I think everyone likes Alvin Gentry as a coach. And, and if they're dropped to 0-5, you know, I mean, he's got a, a relationship history there with David Griffin. But, of course, that doesn't really count for anything. If your team right. starts off that badly, even though you've got injuries, that, that the speculation begins pretty early in the NBA. So uh, hopefully this is the start for the Pelicans that they can at least get them se- their season a little bit back on track now. And, J- and Jamal Murray's got to be... Sort of lucky that Jokic is playing the way he's playing right now because, again, I slipped it in there. Jamal Murray's off to a brutal, brutal start shooting the ball. Um, just he's, He can't hit a three to save his life right now. Six for 14, uh, you know, last night, one of four from three. Uh, a minus 11, most of the starters were garbage for the Nuggets, though. He's, he's off to a bad start for a guy you just, you know, you just put a ton of money into. Gave the five-year $170 million extension, but in a weird way, I feel like there hasn't been a ton of talk about him. Because, you know, Jokic is the, the MVP-like guy on the team, and he's struggling. Um, so it's uh, gone a little under the radar. But he's got to start hitting shots for this team. Um, and, and, and then they go from there. But 
moving on. Maybe they went out as a team, did a little trick-or-treating, and just weren't getting the candies that they were expecting. Mm. And be, because they it felt the like candy sometimes... Getting candy corn, were they? Yeah. Oh yeah, right. Uh, not not a good not a good haul, I guess, for uh, for Nikola Jokic and friends, because it looked like they were sort of like unhappy toddlers slumping their shoulders, <laughs> walking back to mom. Look what I got! Right, candy coin. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, uh, one of the other games last night, the Clippers defeated the Spurs one hundred three ninety seven. They won by six. That's important. We'll explain a little bit later in the show. Um, but the Clippers improved to four and two. Kawhi dominating on both ends. 38 points, 12 boards, four steals. He was straight up, straight up snatching the ball uh, a few times from DeRozan. Snatching cookies out there. I mean, he got cookies for Halloween. That's a nice one. Got to be careful with those. Were they, were they, you know, were they baked? You know, are they just wrapped in plastic? That's a little dangerous, kids. But anyway, big win here for the Clips. Uh, Spurs put up a fight. Um, kept it close there for a little bit, but... Uh, what do you think of that game? Whenever an NBA player from now on says it's just one game, they all mean the same to me. I'm going to point to a game like this and just say, look at Kawhi Leonard. He clearly came out last night set to try to send a message to Popovich and the Spurs about just how good he was because he took the night off the night before to get ready for this game. Yep. And he came out and, he, I mean, he just destroyed them, particularly in that second half. And, and those steals you mentioned, I mean, that's the funny thing about Kawhi Leonard. He actually steals the ball from his opponent. Most of the time in the NBA, it's an interception. Yep. You know, you're sort of yep. you're running in and you take the ball. <laughs> but with Kawhi, players actually have possession. And then Kawhi just says, no, I'm going to take it now, run down and dunk it at the other end. And uh, it, it's incredible that, you know, he doesn't see it. We don't see it all that often. But when he does it, it's just such a cool play because it's like, Oh, you don't really see it very much. No, but, you don't uh, see it in an I NBA mean, game. You see that in like, no. you know, like grade three kids you juniors playing. And yeah, stuff. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, offensively, when Kawhi, I mean, you know, when he when he decides he's going to go and score, he had Bryn Forbes on him a couple of times, and he just like, all right, this is just. Yeah, he's, 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 are you guarding me? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Uh, if you're, you can't. I don't know what the solution is for guarding Kawhi because it feels like. When he wants to get into the mid-range, it doesn't matter how many guys are bumping him or hanging on his shoulders or riding his hip. He is able to keep his balance, and just suddenly the guy falls away from him at the last second. He pops up for a wide-open jumper. How, how do you guard it? Do you put? I mean, it's got to be. You got to have a Giannis. You got to have a Kevin Durant. Somebody who's strong enough and long enough to at least maybe get a hand up on those little floaters, the little pull-ups. Because if uh, if you're six foot four, he's throwing you off, and it's a bucket. Yeah, and the Spurs don't have that. They have, uh, you know, DeJounte Murray's probably their best perimeter mm-hmm. defender, and too small, uh, even though, you know, Kawhi isn't a monstrous man in terms of his height, but he's just so freaking strong. Uh, he creates space no matter no matter how tough you are. He is tougher. I mean, he's, he's, he's just that strong. And uh, you guys said it all. There's nothing more to say. Kawhi took a night off. I guess it paid <laughs> off. I heard, I heard uh, Dave DeFore say, today on the Daily Ding podcast that he sat out the Utah Jazz game, uh, Kawhi Leonard did, and maybe it was a mistake to do that because the Spurs, I'm sorry, the Clippers are more likely to be tied against the Utah Jazz and have a tiebreaker opportunity, but you know, I don't think that Kawhi Leonard cares about tiebreakers <laughs> no. so much. I mean, they just they just circled this on the calendar and said, we're sitting. We're sitting this game, and uh, you know, maybe they should be better than 4-2, and two, but they had a heartbreaker against uh, the Suns there, and, and they lose when Kawhi Leonard sits. I think they'll be fine no matter where they are in the sort of the upper part of the Western Conference bracket going into the postseason. They have Paul George to still add to this team. I keep forgetting about that. Am I alone? I just keep forgetting he's on this team and that he's going to be in the lineup. You know, in a in a couple no, you're weeks. You're not alone. Maybe in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's yeah. it's mind boggling. Uh, a couple other notes from this game. It's weird to watch a game in 2019 where there's only 12 combined made threes. It's just pretty mm-hmm. pretty rare. The Clippers only hit five. I think uh, the Spurs hit seven. And you know, not even a ton of attempts for either of these teams. So that's a little weird. And then I love this little race um, that we already have of. Who is going to win sixth man of the year between Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell? It's like every game. Yeah. It's like must watch to see who has the better game. And Montrez last night, nine of 11, 24 points, uh, you know, four boards and assists there to block. And then, and then Lou struggled shooting the ball last night. This was the first game where he didn't score over 20, uh, shooting just five and 19. But it feels like it's like one of these two guys award again to lose. I mean, Lou, it's usually lose to a lose. Yeah. Get ready to hear the takes of we should have co-six men of the year. Yeah. That's exactly what people will be saying at the end of the year. They're playing together almost all the time. When it's the two of them on the court, they're involved in plays as well almost all the time. Yeah. So you'll definitely hear people say, well, how can you pick one over the other? 
We got to have co-six men. Just, we got to have co-rookies of the year. We got to have co-MVPs. Pick one. Montrez is going to get plenty of minutes while uh, Patrick Patterson, that uh, honeymoon period, has worn off as well. So he's going to be out there earlier getting tons of minutes, and uh, it's great for his case. But I think Montrez is the sort of guy who understands his role. If you run that floor, he's going to get so many easy baskets, shoot a high percentage, and fill the stat sheet kind of like he did last night. I mean, uh, this is a sort of real tough coach's type of player, you know, the guy who's uh, sort of overlooked a lot of the time. But if he, if he does the job that he's asked to do, uh, he, he really does stand out. And that was great from last night because Lou himself wasn't all that special. But uh, Montrez just found a lot of easy baskets and converted well, them. Well, he, he does an incredible job of finding the space that's open on the floor and then making himself a giant target like that you can then hit. And then he attacks right away when he finds that if he's around the rim. You're right. Um, at, at that pick and roll is just it's, it's tough to stop. And he, he's rolling right now. Final game last night. Heat won their fourth game in five to start the season. 106-97 victory over the Hawks. Kaka down at the Fortress. Uh, pair of rookies paced the Heat offense. Kendrick Nunn, the undrafted rookie. 28 points. He, he remains hot. 28 points on 10 of 15 shooting, hit four threes. And then Tyler Hero, 17 points on 7 of 16 shooting. He knocked down three threes. The Heat led by a couple of rookies here. Now, the Hawks are they're, they're a tough watch without Trey Young. They're just a completely different team. They, they, they put up a fight. They were in it. Um, for a decent portion of this game. But what do you think about these rooks here? Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero uh, for the Miami Heat. Tyler Hero was the guy getting all the preseason love uh, because he had some some big numbers with the, the cool step back, and he was firing away. Kendrick Nunn is... He, he, he strikes me as a throwback guy. He looks a, a little smaller, a little wider. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he's a lefty, so he looks cool. Uh, but... Uh, I wonder when when teams start to pay attention to him a little bit more, if they do, if he'll be able to score the same way. It's like incredible, incredible numbers that he's putting up, but he needs space, I think, uh, to to put up those numbers. Either way, um, it's it's amazing what they're doing again from one through twelve. It's not even just those guys. There's a Chris Silva coming off the bench. Yeah. There's, there's a there's a they're they're performing. Duncan uh, up Robinson. And down the lineup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but uh, Kendrick uh, Nunn, being a little bit older, a bit more mature of a rookie, you can just tell he's a little bit more ready to play in the league. I mean, he's just got a, a, a more, phys- more mature physical body, mm-hmm. uh, and he uh, know, knows what he can do, and that's knocked down those threes. Right now, his splits are 50%, 40%, 48% from three, and 100% from the line. That would be pretty amazing <laughs> if he was able to keep that up. But uh, <laughs> this is, again, kind of what the Heat do, is they find these players, uh, give them a chance, and, and if you go out there and perform, you're going to get minutes. So, uh, good start for the Heat, considering, again, they missed, uh, they didn't have Jimmy Butler for the first three games, uh, and they've more than, uh, you know, kept, kept, uh, kept themselves afloat here. And Jimmy Butler hasn't sort of come back in and said, right, this is my my team and now everything goes through me he's happy to defer and let these other guys who are shooting the ball well do it so uh pretty you know pretty impressive start here for the heat for a team that you know we don't really consider one of the best teams in the eastern conference you know a playoff team for most of us but uh you know early season returns you know big comeback win in milwaukee uh and then um you know they've only lost that once to the to the minnesota timberwolves so things are going pretty well for the heat we'll see though if this is something that maybe it's just a team that people are kind of overlooking and whether or not they'll be able to sustain the hot start. Yeah, anytime there's a surprise player who's up high on the charts for scoring leads, I just instantly flash back to 0405 Flip Murray. I'm like, if Flip Murray can lead the league in scoring for two weeks, anybody can lead the league in scoring for two weeks. It's just a matter of can you do it further and further into the season once people actually know what you're doing. Like Duncan Robinson, the guy's a great shooter, but I watched him play at Michigan. He couldn't finish games for Michigan. Will he continue to do so for the Heat? I don't know, but it's fun to watch while it's happening. Was there ever a hotter player in fantasy basketball than Flip Murray for those, oh, man, yeah. <laughs> for those couple of weeks? Like everyone wanted him and then everyone was trying to trade him. Everyone knew as well. Like, no, you got to sell high on this Buy guy. Low, sell yeah. high. <laughs> I'm more of a Walter Herman. Oh, I remember that. I remember yeah. Walter Herman winning some fantasy leagues. That was at the end of the season, I yeah, the first two weeks and last two weeks of the season, it could be anybody who is dominating the NBA. Yeah, here, but the thing with Nunn, though, he became the first player with 100 points in his first five career games since Kevin Durant in 07-08. And Durant going number two overall, as I said, Nunn undrafted. This guy, though, you know, I, look, we don't follow college ball all that closely, but that's the one thing I knew about him. He could score when he was in college. He scored 25.9 points per game during the one year after he moved on from Illinois uh, to Oakland. Um, that's what he was only behind Trey Young in terms of scoring in Division One. So that the guy can do that even if he is a bit of a smaller. He was guy. a monster recruit. Yeah, he played with Jabari Parker in high school. They won four straight yeah. state titles for Simeon High School. 
he played for all these Team USA, under 17, under 16 teams. He's a monster recruit. Like, the yeah. guy is incredibly talented. He had to leave Illinois because he got arrested for domestic That's violence right. against his girlfriend. So that is 100% why he went undrafted. Yep. Uh, but like you're saying, Skeets, the talent no doubt yeah, is there. That, that's, that's exactly right. So, uh, I mean... Kudos to him. He's, he's, he's balling out right now. He seems to be in the perfect uh, spot like playing for this Miami Heat team. It was maybe he was it was even beneficial to him that there was no Jimmy Butler and that he was having a kid and that maybe more minutes were there for him and he's stepped up and took control of it. So great start for the Heat. Um, as I said, winning uh, four or five games. All right, let's get to the up down report. People with flexible thumb are socially active and adaptable and are always open to new thoughts and ideas. It's the up down report. Oh, we are into the up-down report. Yesterday morning, guys, Kevin Durant was a guest on ESPN's First Take, where he sat down for a chat with Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman, Molly Q. The biggest soundbite was Katie saying his altercation with Draymond Green back in November was one of the many factors that ultimately led him to leave the Warriors for the Nets in free agency. He discussed that, his rehab from an Achilles injury, his new teammate Kyrie Irving, so much more. Guys, were you up or down in general on Katie's appearance on First Take? Where do you stand on it? I was up on it. I, I thought, um, I'm glad that he actually said that about Draymond because we all knew it, yeah. but we hadn't heard it before. And it was good that he actually sort of said, yeah, that played a role. He said it wasn't the only reason, of course. There were yeah. other factors involved. But, you know, KD has got a, an interesting relationship with the media because we know he pretty much hates all the media. Uh, but he got out there and he at least... Does ad- he? Does he hate all the media? He loves being on TV. Yeah, but but I, I I think he doesn't trust many in the media anyway. He's got yeah. maybe one or two that he likes. But uh, I, I was glad that he actually didn't try to sugarcoat it or anything yesterday and deny it. It was like we saw what happened. We were speculating way back a year ago now that that could lead to him leaving Golden State, and and uh, it did play a role in it. Why didn't he say it in the summer? Why didn't he say it right when he signed? Why did he wait until the Warriors are trash? Why did he wait until he saw that they were? playing badly he's just piling on man yeah well finally he got there maybe he just didn't feel comfortable in the summer you know and now he's now he's in that cozy studio with Stephen a who <laughs> and nobody's talking about him playing basketball because he's not playing basketball yeah, so yeah. how else do you keep your name in the news well that's one thing i think he he does miss playing basketball because now he's got all this time on his hand you see him still uh <laughs> jibing at dudes on uh, social media so you know he needs to he needs to get back out on the court and be distracted and, and away from the media and social media uh, even though it took him until November or October 31st to say it, I, I, it's, I don't think a lot of people would say it. I don't think a lot of players would say it. I think they would still put up this, this macho front and say, no, no, it didn't bother me. I, I, I think at the very least he's sort of open about it, and I don't think it bothers his team whatsoever that he's doing a little bit of media. I don't think it's going to affect their locker room or their basketball play. So I'm fine with it, and yeah. He probably wants to be in the spotlight a little bit, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, I think ultimately I'm up on it. The more beef, the better. If this means that somehow Draymond Green and Kevin Durant are going to be getting into it whenever uh, Katie actually comes back and is playing, then I'm all for it. I just the timing of it is very weird to me. It's like you're promoting a show about basketball business, and you're going on and talking trash about your old team. Well, I mean, he was, asked, he was asked about it. Well, at least he came. But up he's and also said, it. said the complete opposite that it had nothing to do with it. So it's like, it, what's the story going to be in December? We'll see. Right. Yeah. It's, it's it like is, him a few I, months to open up. I mean, I, I don't think. That's crazy. It's so weird watching him on first take yesterday. Like he's so it looks like it's like the last place he wants to be while yeah. he's answering the questions and I thought he was like at times yeah pretty uh, honestly answering some of the questions but he just is, he's got a funny presence on air. Um he just seems so angry and frustrated yeah. and like and maybe he's sitting there going I hate Max Kellerman. I don't know like cuz he really seemed like anytime Max Kellerman would ask him something he'd be pretty damn short with his answers. Um, well, he kind of fired back at Molly too when Molly said, "I thought you're coming to the Knicks," and he said, "What? What? What made yeah, you think that?" Yeah, I did like that part. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. She was like, "She was like, I just thought you were coming here, man. That's all. Relax. It's okay." Yeah, but he's like, "You don't know. That's his whole thing. He's like, you yeah. guys, you as the media, you don't know anything. You you, th- you yeah. just make up these things to, you know, to have things to talk about, just like we're doing. But you don't know what's going on. He lo- he loves to say that. And, and, and yeah, that's sure what he says. That's what he says. He says you guys don't know yeah. what's going on. But what was going on was that Draymond obviously upset Kevin Durant, which is what everybody what said, said when yeah. it happened. So we did know what was going on. Yeah. Mm, but also everybody said he was going to the Knicks. Mm. So maybe we don't. 
I don't know. To me, that was major Jack's Taylor energy. I'm the number one guy. You're not the number one guy. I don't know. Durant, to me, he he loves getting the press, and then he hates as soon as people talk about how he was getting the press. Yeah, he he definitely needs the media. As you said, he's going on to promote his show, uh, and it's a love-hate. Yeah, I I need you to promote the show. Even though I am one of the biggest stars in the world, I need first take. It would help. And you got to do this. Yeah. Rich Kleiman, I'm said, sure. Hey, KD, go do some media. You got to do it. You got to do it for us, for the show. Fine, I'll do it. Then the questions come out about Golden State and something he was totally uh, allowed to do, or to- it was totally acceptable for him to leave. And he gets the questions, and he didn't like them. I, th- I thought it was so funny every time, and I-, I thought they did a great job, honestly. Like the-, the-, the three of them with the questions that they were asking him for the most part. But I did love any time like Stephen A. Smith wanted to sort of ask a like a. A legacy question or why don't you have that dog fight in you or people want you just to be better you know what I mean anytime he's had that sort of angle to his question he was always like always had to preface it with like I think you're the best I think you're the best in the world I just want you to be better you know like he always has to say you are the best but then I'm gonna say you could be a little bit better he always says that oh it was killing me for some reason but probably the best way to go about it to to make it less awkward um, yeah you don't know if he's about to just have a real like shot at him I know know, the way he's sort of framing it but then he always just sort of comes around with the softball answer you know softball sort of question yeah they know they know Stephen A. Smith knows the clip is gonna start after that whole yeah yeah, meander yeah you are the best so listen, did you want to leave Golden State? Yeah, yeah, that's it's, it's, it's true. They're smart. All right, our next one here, guys. LeBron James loves Halloween. Once again, his costume didn't disappoint earlier this week. The King paid tribute to Edward Scissorhands from the 1990 Classic. movie directed by Tim Burton. Yes, LeBron's character, as he called it, Le Edward Scissorhands. Okay. You guys up or down on uh, LeBron's Edward Scissorhands Halloween costume? What'd you think of that one? This is a guy that loves Halloween. He's had some pretty good costumes before. What'd you think of this one? The guy's super rich. He can afford a nice costume. And the thing looked incredible. It did. He looked like a great Edward Scissorhands, but what a weird reference to pull from LeBron yeah. James. Edward Scissorhands, a 1990 movie? Uh, I mean, I know it uh, definitely has the Halloween tie-in in that it's a spooky movie and anything Tim Burton does is indirectly somehow tied to Halloween, but uh, I was just surprised that he went with Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, I, I don't think know. he watched it when he was five? I, uh, that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. Maybe he watched it when he was five, but I don't <laughs> feel like people are just talking about Edward Scissorhands all the time. It's like, oh, it's it's October. Got to throw in Edward. That's what I was looking for. I was like, what, what, why is this one, like, is it coming back? Are they remaking it or something like that? I mean, is it just... You know, LeBron's out in Hollywood and he's Edward got the scoop. Scissor feats. Yeah, because, but the, the only thing is, uh, so I've seen Edward Scissorhands, but I don't remember his um, costume being quite so dark as that one, was it? Like, uh, it seemed like. You mean, like the color black? Yeah, like it seems more <laughs> well, like it's a bit of a. Uh, no, he nailed a spookier it. Costume. No, he nailed it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Uh. Right, right up to the <laughs> expression on his face and the photos. Oh, yeah, that, that seen, photo's like that, incredible. He nails it. Yeah, how yeah. do you describe that even? It's sort of like this sort of shocked, bewildered, childlike, yeah. you know, expression on your face that Johnny Depp has the entire time in the movie. And he, mm. he nails that part of it. When was the last time any of you watched Edward Scissorhands? It's been years. It's been 1990. Uh, yeah, I yeah maybe. Probably. I've seen it since on TV. Yeah. It's weirder than I even remembered yeah. Uh, yeah. on the rewatch. But LeBron, I'm going, I'm going up on this. Uh, it looked awesome, even though it is a weird reference, but... LeBron's, um, he leaned into a theme here with his Halloween because Edward Scissorhands, obviously a movie, not a horror movie as much, but a mo- you know, obviously a movie with a weird character in it. Do you consider it a Halloween movie, Edward Scissorhands? Not, not really? at all. Yeah, It's I like don't. a gothic fairy tale, yeah. maybe? Anyway, sure. year before, last year, was he, he was Pennywise, I think, um, from IT. That was, uh, or that was maybe two years ago. Last year, oh yeah, last year was Jason from Friday the 13th. Mm. Two years ago was Pennywise um, from IT. IT, I call it. <laughs> IT. <laughs> I was like, is that what people call it? No, no, no. From it. So he's got, he's got the movie theme is what I'm getting at here. And you're right. Trey's rich, so you can have an awesome costume. Do you see Heidi Klum just had a Halloween costume? I just costume? was looking at that. It took her 11 hours and, like, how many people? Like, 20 people? Yeah. To- it's it's amazing if you haven't seen it. I mean, sure, everyone's seen it. Yeah, but. it's crazy. I mean, is it amazing? Yeah, it's amazing. It's, you, but it's, it's amazing ugh. that she... It took her half the day? Yeah, 11 hours and... Thousands of dollars. Hold on, did you hear Lee in our heads go? Ugh. <laughs> Lee was obviously just looking at it. Not a fan just of it, Lee. It. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just heard no, Lee while we're talking go. Ugh. Mm. No, nah. explain it for people, Lee. 
Uh, well, it looks like a human body. Um, <laughs> yes. It's, what's, what's that? Uh, what's that? Uh, like an display? alien. Yeah, but no, oh, but, like um, the uh, the body works. Uh, yeah, the body works. That's yeah. what it looks like. Mm. Yeah, yeah, a real live one. Um, <laughs> hmm. Interesting choice, Heidi. <laughs> I love Heidi too. But, well, uh, it was a. I think it's the twentieth anniversary of her big Halloween bash. Yeah, right? she does. So she, she, she loves always Halloween. goes out. Uh, I get that. Oh, yeah. I get that. Uh, were there any other uh, costumes that you guys saw either last night on the streets of Atlanta or an NBA player, um, you know, not named LeBron that you saw that you liked? I saw a Vince Carter Raptors jersey when? on this kid wearing last night during trick or treating. There was just him and a Steph Curry jersey. That, that's all they had. That was their okay. outfit. Okay. And they were probably eleven or twelve. And I'm like, wow, these kids—they just oh, mail it in right. now, don't they? Right. Like, all right, oh, I'm just God. putting on a jersey. Yeah, we, where's the romance? Yeah, the romance. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, there's a joke to be made there with you know Vince. You know, you're going as an old time NBA player. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, with like a walker or something. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, now there you go. Hair. A crane, uh, yeah, a cane. Walk out with that, that's fine. But uh, just to walk around with a pillowcase and say, I'm Vince Carter, no, get out of here. Why not? Because you're just not trying, you know? You're it's just a not hero trying. of that kid, maybe. <laughs> yeah, What's the difference between that and Captain America, which I've saw thousands well, of? Captain America's fictional. So, uh, you know, you have to at least get into that character because it's not real. Vince Carter is real. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> you guys, Trey, Tess, anything you liked? Uh, I actually saw an excellent Ronald Acuna Jr. down here in Atlanta. We're talking spikes, uh, pants, and the jersey and the hat. The kid looked great. Uh, the number one costume, I would say, amongst kids that I saw was Miles Morales from Into the Spider-Verse. A lot of Miles oh, Morales yeah. down here. Yep. But my favorite adult costume I saw there was a woman at the Halloween parade who was dressed as David Byrne from Stop Making Sense with the gigantic uh, suit. And that's a weird reference to pull wow. out definitely in 2019, but it was awesome. And, like Isla saw it and was like, I want to see that big suit. She loves those big old suits. <laughs> All right. Tass, you see any? Did you even go out, Tass? I mean, I know it was cold down there. I hit the street. Yeah, the street. <laughs> the Not for very long. Yeah, just yeah. One, one quick street. So I didn't see many out there. No. Did you put, did you dress up though, like you five. said you were going to, or put on a hat or something? Did I? Hmm. Can't remember. No, oh, no, no, no. I put on a jacket. <laughs> I've already been dressed up twice this year. That's maxed. I'm I'm maxed out. Oh, okay, fair. Uh, yeah. Final one. I mean, if I was going to a party, of course, I'd go in as a non-fictional character <laughs> or a fictional character. <laughs> Maybe I'd come out come out with a crane and call myself Fra- <laughs> Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final one, guys. We got our first look at the Atlanta Hawks. Peachtree City Edition jerseys yesterday. Sarah K. Spencer of the AJC confirmed uh, that these would be their City Edition jerseys. They're predominantly black jerseys. I guess there's a little sort of peach color in them. Um, up or down on what you guys saw? These new Hawks Peachtree jerseys. You like them or not? Shout out to Sarah J. Spencer for confirming the no dunks report from before the season even started that the Hawks were going to be dropping Peachtree jerseys. My main question, which Peachtree is this? Mm. We talking West Peachtree Street? We talking Northwest Peachtree Street? We talking Peachtree Avenue? There's a hundred million streets in Atlanta named Peachtree. There's literally a hundred. We got to honor one of them. I don't know which one it is, but I like the jerseys. I like the jerseys too. Yes, I think they're very nice. And uh, yeah, a little shout out to the Peachtree City State. What are we? Both? All of them? No one really knows. Well, we- there is a peach tree city. <laughs> oh, that's which right. Which is just yeah. outside of it. Yeah, yeah. No, they look cool, though. I think they've done a good job with them. Uh, sometimes when you have a, a jersey that doesn't really have any of the traditional red or white that you see of Atlanta, you think maybe this is not that cool. But I think they did do a good job of it this time. So I'm up on it. Well, they've done the gold before, right? Yeah. Recently. White and gold, yep. The white and gold. This one's black and gold. I'm fine with them. I, you know, I can't go up. Can't go down. I, I'm, I, I'm not I, going up. Yeah, I'm it, down. Is it gold? Because it looks peach. I was black say, and I peach to me. Yeah, it's peach. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So, uh, okay. They look they look gold in the photo to me, but yeah, <laughs> peach would make more sense. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more. I'm down on these because if you've seen the, have you ever? I mean, I'm sure Trey has a. Probably all of you have. You've seen the um, Atlanta United, the soccer teams, peach tree jerseys. Or peach jerseys, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. King peach jerseys, I believe they call them. They're, I mean, I know it's a completely different jersey, a soccer jersey to a basketball jersey, but those are nicer. I like that. I, I, the, I just don't like the predominantly black 
jersey, I guess, for something that's called the Peachtree jersey. That part's a little odd to me. Mm. Maybe there'll be a second version of this where it is more like the Atlanta United one. But, yeah, I'm down. Just because they're fine. They're fine. But, uh, yeah, they didn't. They didn't blow me away by any means. Let's get to worst of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, the worst of the week. Couple honorable mentions this week. Noise complaints. Down here in the Atlanta studio, <laughs> got another. Oh my god. And I said got another just a little louder, just to make sure people know we're here. Hey, we're we're we are we are not a-holes. We're trying to make everything everybody happy around here we're not coming in causing a ruckus and hopefully we baffle some of that sound this week next one immigration services another honorable mention Sure. Get Careful, it. Tassie. Please be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm legal. I'm that. legal. No, I know you leave are. Leave it at but... that, man. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, second runner-up <laughs> this week, after those honorable mentions, Adidas. Specifically in the basketball space. They uh, signed a five-year endorsement deal with John Wall last year, and now about 20 months into it, they're buying him out of the last three years of the deal. They say, nah. We don't want you anymore. Hmm. I don't think that's a, a particularly good look. I know John Wall has been injured basically since they signed him. Yeah. Um, but uh, to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's four mil for the next three years. He's a client of Clutch Sports. Uh, I think you just eat the costs. First of all, he's going to come back and maybe make you some money. But also, you're not a, a monstrous player in the basketball space right now. Nike's crushing them. I don't think it's a good look to just say, hey, get out of here for a guy. They're not paying a lot. $4 million as a as sort of a base salary is not a lot. I don't think it makes a lot of sense. I don't think it looks good to other prospective basketball clients. Yeah, strange to see John Wall as a sneaker free agent again. Adidas dropped him, or I guess didn't re-sign him a couple of seasons ago as well. He was wearing Nikes here and there, and then he signed back this deal with Adidas. The guy hasn't had a good signature shoe yet. Maybe that's part of the problem, too. He's not out there to be able to promote it. But like you're saying, I mean, it's a it's a cheap deal. They could give him some cool shoes to wear on the bench or something. Yeah, I mean, maybe John Wall has voiced his concerns with Adidas, and, and maybe there's a Clutch Sports slash Nike tie-in that's mm. going to be happening quite soon. The guy's already running, as we've talked about. <laughs> uh, you know, he was supposed to miss this entire season. But um, maybe he's coming back, and maybe he will not be wearing Adidas this year. Next runner-up, a uh, couple teams. And maybe we're all the ones that should get worse of the week when it comes to the Chicago Bulls, oh uh, who we all sort of got, got a little excited about when it came to game one of the season. Whoa, they're scoring points. They only <laughs> lost to the Charlotte Hornets by one point. Then they beat the Grizzlies. Then they, uh, they've come back to earth in a big way, losing the Raps, the Knicks, and the Cavs. So uh, not good losses right there. The one and four. How are we feeling, Trey? Uh, not great. My wife's uh, mom got in town last night, and she's like, oh, so what's happening with the Bulls? I was like, Jana, you do not want to know. They <laughs> Coming into the season, they had a lot of playoff, playoff hype, and there was also five teams that you would consider probably the worst, and the Bulls went out and lost to all of them. So I don't know. Do you call the Bulls the worst team in the league? They're definitely in the mix. There was a great write-up on The Athletic by Stephen No explaining the way the Bulls play defense and how it's completely different from basically every team in the league <laughs> and how they <laughs> trap the ball handler so hard that it forces every other defensive player into rotation, which means you're forcing Zach Levine into rotation. I know he told Zach Lowe that he did shell drill all summer, which is cool, which is a great high school drill, which I'm sure Jim Boylan loves, but it hasn't paid off yet because Zach Levine got back cut for a game icing dunk against the Cavs. Mm. It happens all the time. If you're wondering why the Bulls are giving up so many threes, it's because they're forcing bad defenders to play four on three basically every single possession down the court. I really enjoy Stephen Noe's coverage of the Bulls because it's just he's just going through the pain of every play. Oh, man. He's, oh, man. He's at all. <laughs> but it's funny because, you know, coming in there was reason for optimism with Chicago, but uh, it's quickly evaporated and now it's just like, all right, how is this season going to play out? Is it just going to be another disaster? I think so. Hey, how dare you? I will not call it a disaster <laughs> until after 10 games. I got to at least see one-eighth of the, dece- of the season because the first one-sixteenth, that's great. Mm. I, uh, I, just I, I, a tight... Sorry, just one thing about the, uh, the Bulls there because, yes, I was high on them as well. I do like um, that from them struggling, we may get one cool thing to happen because everybody knows that the Bulls coach, Jim Boylan, he installed the old-school punch clock. 
um, in like the locker room, like or you know, in the uh, facility when you're checking in, you got to check in with an old punch card, like you're, you're grabbing your, uh, you got your lunch pail and you're ready to make some radi- radiators or something like that. Radiators, I can't radiators. Say yeah, I used to make those. I should know how to say them. Um, but because I, I hope that people get so the Bulls players get so frustrated, like they're losing and like yeah, this defensive scheme's not working. That somebody like goes like uh, Adam Sandler style in Punch Drunk Love and like beats the crap <laughs> out of the uh, out of the the clock, that old school clock like Sandler does in mm. Punch Drunk Love with the uh, what was it? It was like the air. Um, it was in the washroom scene where he just goes crazy. <laughs> it's like the hand dryer. Yeah, he just yeah. destroys it. So I hope we have like footage of like, I don't know, Wendell Carter Jr. just beating the crap out of an old school punch clock, just knocking it off the wall. Anyway, that's all I wanted to add. Bulls suck. That, yeah, and, and everybody, you know, who's calling that kind of cheesy, kind of campy, the, the whole punch clock thing, I don't even mind it. Yeah. You want a team to play defense? Yeah, a little motivation. Uh, yeah, it's really worked. Uh, <laughs> and to tie in uh, another team with the first runner up here before we get to the winner, the Sacramento Kings, which I think is a worse scenario than the Chicago mm-hmm. Bulls, the way they've been playing through the first five games anyways, because there was some real expectation for them. Some, hey, let's take this from the uh, the Cinderella level of just being good, a good young team to making the postseason. And uh, they've been shellacked first three games by double digits and then the, the next two by pretty close to double digits. 0-5 and Luke Walton definitely got to be on the hot seat. And, and, that's, and that's not just us being uh, or me being a hater. I, I think it's legitimate uh, that if you're getting smacked by double digits game in and game out, you're not playing fast like you were last year uh, and you're struggling on both sides of the ball with some expectations. Not so good. And is there really an excuse? I don't think there's an excuse at all for this one. Yeah, Marvin Bagley goes out. Uh, Buddy Heald is uh, surrounded by a little bit of drama coming into the season with the contract extension. But what has torn that locker room apart? Losing to Charlotte, who's on a road trip. They played the Lakers and the Clippers. Like, that was the win for them right there. Yep. And they blew it. So, yeah. It'd be funny. I mean, Luke, this is obviously his first season in Sacramento. I think he signed a three-year deal. Like, if they can him, wow. you know, if he doesn't even make it through this season, mm-hmm. like that's just uh, that's just a disaster for the Kings. Well, they so. they play the Jazz tonight on Friday night. Uh, the Kings do at home, and then they go on the road for three games, and it's against the Knicks, the Raptors, and the Hawks. I mean, yeah, if they continue to lose, <laughs> and if you lose yeah. to the Knicks and the Hawks on the road. Um, Ooh, yeah, the I think he could be toast if that if that happens. If they don't pick up some wins here, they got to just get in the in the win column. They're the only team left in the league that doesn't have a win. But the winner this week, it's James Harden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He what? scored a lot of points this what? week, but he is the winner of worst of the week because he was frustrated with the play and with two hands he slammed a ball straight <laughs> down and it bounced back and hit him in the face. Now, this guy is a master with the basketball, and he was unaware of simple physics that you just when you. <laughs> When you slam a ball, it's going to come back up. Now, maybe he, I think he mistakenly put a little bit of English on the ball because he kind of bounced in slightly in front of him and it came back and hit him right in the face. But I mean, this is again, a guy can do everything with the ball, everything with his feet, and somehow, some way, he hit his face with a ball. I, I was astonished when I saw it, and so was Josh Hart, who was playing for the Pelicans at the time because he was right there and saw it happen. And the great Josh Hart reaction, if you haven't seen that that video, that gif, hilarious. So James Harden. A uh, great week scoring the basketball. Yeah, he had a lot of points, but I'll give it to him. I didn't. I didn't have a better one, and I think that's. Uh, you don't see that very often. Slam a ball and hit yourself in the face unless you're four years old. And this guy is uh, <laughs> one of the best basketball players in the world who just scored 59 points. You know, it's funny. He sort of did it again. It doesn't hit him in the face, but he does the double slam the ball down at the end of that crazy Warrior um, Wizards Rockets game where he went for the 59 and, and they just scored a billion points. He does that at, like as a celebration at the end of the game. It lands in his hands, and he does like he just pounds the ball with two hands, but he catches it, catches it right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe he's practicing oh, so. it a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sounds like <laughs> it. Yeah, so he's just showing off his strength and, and his timing. He's still got it. So, all right, those are uh, James Harden getting the worst of the week for slamming <laughs> the ball off his own kisser. Could I just throw in a... Throwing a little um, worst of the week nominee uh, after oh, yeah. it all here. Yeah, just because I, I had tweeted about this, and I just wanted to expand on it a little bit. Obviously watching a ton of games, watching a ton of League Pass games, and I was watching the Nuggets game the other night, and they were at home, and their game operations is quite poor. I don't know what's going on there in Denver, but in the span of one game, this is what these were the contests that they sort of had going on between timeouts and stuff like that in that halftime. 
they had a pumpkin scooping contest. <laughs> and I kid you not, it, ha- it lasted for about 20 seconds and they just blindfolded the, the people. Okay. And then they just let them scoop the seeds out of a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Now, okay, here's what happened. The one guy was wearing a cowboy hat. He took off his cowboy hat and then the Nuggets mascot, Rocky, he swapped the bowl that they were supposed to put the seeds in with that cowboy hat. Mm. Hilarious. <laughs> and that, I guess, Got was him. that was it. That was the bit. But the guy, he didn't put the hat on. Yeah. He literally took off his blindfold and looked at his hat with seeds in it and was like, come on, man. Why'd you do that? It actually didn't look like he was acting. It did not look like he was acting at all. He was like, why did you do that? You just ruined my Halloween costume. <laughs> so that happened. Then they had like a luggage race, which was like simple as... They had a luggage, empty luggage. They had to go to half court. It was two women racing. Go to half court, pack the luggage, and then just run to the other end. And that was it. That's it. Come on, you got a little more creative than that. They had a honestly. Kid. This sounds like uh, a parent must be in charge of game yeah. operations. Because if I'm trying to get my kids to carve a pumpkin fast, I'm like, let's have a p- pumpkin, yeah, pumpkin carving contest. Yeah, right. Let's try that. Oh, we got to get packed. Uh, let's have a, a a luggage packing contest. How fast can you pack? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe that maybe they're just trying to get some things done. Uh, around and then there. The, other, the other things were they did like they had a kid do like a word scramble. They just gave him. They showed him <laughs> showed him one word that was scrambled, mm-hmm. and then he had to pick between A, B, or C which word that was it was baseline so all the letters were jumbled okay that was it like even the kid was like really this is what we're doing here and then the half really no dash yeah yeah the half time, right the halftime was like a drums like band like i maybe they're uh, maybe they, they permanently are there i'm not sure within the nuggets arena but okay that's fine whatever um and then the final one was a skills challenge and this one started making the rounds and this is why i tweeted this about the game ops in general because the clip went around because they had to run to one end. That's your classic skills challenge. They had to run to one end, except this part. Take a ball, and instead of throwing the ball or hitting a layup or something like that, they just had to place the ball in like a window of a car, like a fake cutout car. <laughs> that was it. He, they went right up to it and just had to put the ball through this little fake window of a car, run back and then hit a layup. And then the clip went viral because this guy's layup on the way back, he just like bricked it like 10 feet. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. But what? what is the ball through maybe, the car? Maybe they're assuming everybody's high because it's Denver. Oh, you know? And these it seems of- like, you know. I wasn't high. This would have been a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, right. or the people doing <laughs> yeah. the challenges are high because you know running to the absurdity of running to midcourt, packing yeah, a suitcase, we'll <laughs> and then continuing on. I mean, I, would, anyway, I wouldn't be able to. Handle I don't it. know what's going. On. I think you're right. I think you're right. Something there. Sorry, I just wanted to add that. Very odd uh, game operations going on in Denver. If you get a chance to catch them, uh, check it out. All right. It's, it's funny you say operation because I saw. I think it was in Sacramento. They had people play the game of Operation. I saw that, too. Yeah, I did see that. That's a good one. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, that's a creative, at least, for sure. All right, let's fire the pun gun. It's pun gun time. Well, it's officially November, also known as Movember, the month when guys grow mustaches in support of men's health. Fellas, go get that finger up your bum. (laughs) It's worth it, and it's really not that bad. But Movember got me thinking about famous people and their famous mustaches. So give me Ooh. some NBA mustaches, like oh, I got one. Go ahead, Carl uh, Anthony Towns Marks. Did he have a mustache? Carl Marks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Groucho Marx did. Oh no, I'm thinking Groucho. Carl Marx probably did though. Carl Marx probably did. Sorry, you give us your examples. Right? Uh, you know, uh, Andre Iguodali. Okay. Yeah. It can be Ooh, fictional wow. too, like oh, LeBron Swanson. Ooh, good one. How about uh, Shaq Fu Manchu? Oh, nice. Uh, Larry Merv Hughes. Kurt <laughs> <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Oh, man, Karl Marx had a beard. That doesn't count. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Clay Tom Selleck. Oh, good one. Nice. Good yeah. one. Who else has got a good mustache oh, out there? How about Dr. Phil Jackson? <laughs> uh, is there is there a Flanders out there? Carl Ned Flandries? Ian Ned Flanderson? Larry Flanders? Larry Sanders? Keith, yeah. Keith Hulk Bogan. <laughs> good. Very good. Raleigh Finger Rolls. <laughs> I like it. 
Yosemite Sam Mitchell. Mm, ah, Freddie Van Vliet Mercury. Ah, nice. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. So, uh, man, way to rebound after I got us off to a horrible start. Not knowing that Carl Marx had a big ass. He's got a big, uh, you know, like a Trey Kirby uh, JD beard, actually, oh. on Carl Marx. But you know why I think of the mustache? Because he's, he's one of those, he's got the white giant beard that fluffs out, but then his mustache is a different color. Right. So it really it's pops. Quite, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, it really it. pops. It really it. pops. All right, good point. What about, about uh, Charlie Chap Villanueva? Charlie oh, yeah. Chaplin? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Ironic, too, because Charlie Villanueva, <laughs> no hair on that guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good fun gun. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. News came down from the league last night about the Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons scuffle. We got news about uh, the suspensions. Two games for Joel Embiid, two games for Carl Anthony Towns, no fine for Ben Simmons. And that's where the tweet of the night comes in. It comes from the Athletics' Shams Sharanya, who tweets, All parties viewed Simmons as a peacemaker in the scuffle. Simmons was seen on top of Towns, calming him down... (laughs) with his arms. (laughs) Is a headlock calming somebody down with your arms? Mm, mm. I guess that's the question. Yeah, that's a... I guess so. It works. I guess so, yeah. It works. Oddly phrased. (laughs) Calming him down with his arms. Yeah. yeah. I guess they viewed, viewed Simmons differently to what Ingram did last year, where Ingram came in clearly throwing haymakers. Simmons, you know, was in the position where he was on top of Cat, and he kind of just wrapped him up. Rather them down with his arms. Yeah, rather than going necessarily for the headlock, it was more just like you know he sort of went in and found himself. Right, he was doing the uh, he was doing the equivalent of a guy wrapping a guy up, like wrapping his arms yes. around the guy that's standing to stop a fight. But he just happened to be on his back on the ground, and maybe his arms were a little higher right. around the neck area. I think is what the league is yes. ultimately deciding. It's like yeah, he's yeah. Just, he's just trying to contain him, but it sort of looks like he's choking him. <laughs> Yeah, it's not so much a hold me back, but it's a hold me down. Right. Yeah. Because right. I guess when you know when Simmons got involved and he calmed him down with his arms, that's when things stopped <laughs> stopped happening. You know, as soon as he l- sunk that rear naked choke in, the scuffle pretty much ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the wolves were not happy about this though that no. uh, Simmons you know avoided any sort of fine, let alone suspension. There was talks that maybe like him or Teagues just get fined. Um, but they didn't even get that. Two games? Yeah, just two games for the guys. Was that You thought that was fairly light? Uh, uh, I mean, I thought it was going to be more, uh, obviously, listening to yesterday's show. But, you know, I guess it was fair. Two for two. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think they both deserve the same. Uh, I think, you know, I think uh, the NBA, I guess, just decided that it wasn't, uh, because there wasn't really a, an exchange of blows, it was more just a melee, I guess. <laughs> but And Embiid didn't do anything on the floor, really. I mean, he got into it, but he didn't toss. He didn't, he didn't throw anything other than just a, a little grab and let's go to the floor. They gouged him so, in the eye a little bit, <laughs> but yeah. A little. A little, yeah. <laughs> Two games for the All-Stars. Uh, they'll be back uh, before you know it. All right. Pick em results from Thursday night. This was a big one because it was the final night of October. The game was the Spurs-Clippers. Clippers were favored by five and a half. Had to win by six or more. And as we told you earlier, they won by six. Why is that important? Well, Tass... And myself had the Clippers, and Trey and Lee had the Spurs. Tass and Trey were tied heading into that last night. Tass picks up the win with the Clippers, winning by six points. Trey, unfortunately, finishes three and five for that short month of October, and we'll be paying it off on social media today. Are we just... What about... Is there a, a headlock in play? Lee puts uh, Lee puts Trey in a headlock, and you got to try and get out of it. A, fra- a fan named Luke sent in a Photoshop of Lee calming me down with his arms. So you know, I'm down to recreate wow. it. It's in play. Yeah. Oh man, I, oh, I can't believe I'm gonna miss this. I hope you guys do this, but I can't wait to see it on social media at No Dunks Inc. on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, we'll keep your eye for the payoff. We'll get that up as uh, soon as possible. Um, but let's start a new month here. We're into November. Everybody's zero and zero. What's our game tonight? A good one in Dallas tonight. They're hosting the Lakers, and the line is uh, the Lakers are favored by a point and a half. So basically, it's a pick on pick your winner between the Lakers and the Mavs, who have come out this season playing very well. Kyle Kuzma returning for the Los Angeles Lakers tonight, playing for the first time this season. 
Who you got? Anybody? I'll take the Lakers on the road. <laughs> you sound convinced about it. Yeah, uh, for sure. It's a tough one. It's a very tough yeah, one. Yeah, I'm going to go, go, go with the Lakers as well. Riding that Coos bump. Hmm. I don't know why, but I'm taking the Mavs. I'm yeah. not sure why. Don't really have a good reason, but I'll take them. Yeah, I'm with you, Tess. I'm going to go Mavs as well. I, I, I've, been, I've talked about them on the podcast. I love how they play right now. It's a, they're, they're a fun watch. And this is a, you know coming off a game where Luka and KP did not shoot the ball well. Maybe that's a bit of a bounce back in this one with the stable, the Mavs bench coming in <laughs> and uh, keeping things under control. I think it's going to be a close game. So maybe even those points come into play here because um, the Lakers do have to win by two. So I'm going with Tess, Dallas. Plus one and a five, plus one point five. Good luck to everybody. Twenty-two games on this weekend. Before we go, though, some rapid fire fun. Let's do it. Yeah. Anthony Davis's fear of the dark sparked an idea in the Ruffles marketing department. The chip brand created a glow-in-the-dark bag that they claim will help AD with his darkness discomfort. What's an invention that could help you with something which makes you uncomfortable? Skeets. Uh, as you guys know, I tend to walk very fast, and I hate getting stuck behind slow people. It makes me uncomfortable. Uh, I don't know what to do. It freaks me out, be it like on the sidewalk or at the mall or something. So I think an invention that would be cool for me is when I come up behind a slow walker and I can't get around them, that uh, I can sort of blast something, like a shoe blaster in my shoe that rockets me <laughs> over those people and I land like a couple feet in front of them and then I'm just off and running again. So some sort of shoe blaster that puts me ahead of slow walkers, which make me uncomfortable. Great stuff. JD? Uh, I'm uncomfortable in most situations, uh, so I want an app or a device that makes everyone around me as uncomfortable as I am. <laughs> and then we're all on an equal playing field. Spoiler, JD, they probably are anyway. Yeah, yeah that's probably, probably right. I was thinking that maybe that's just like early 19th century English society. That's probably why I love uh, Downton Abbey so much, because uh, <laughs> it's just, I feel those people. Everybody's so uncomfortable all the time. Uh, Lee. You know how you can buy disposable cameras so you can take a few shots and then... I don't know if actually you can even still buy them or not. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. you can. Right, yeah. They, they came right, back. Take, yeah. yeah. So what I want is a disposable mobile phone because I love my own kids, of course, but no phrase terrifies me and makes me more uncomfortable in the world than when some parent says, hey, can you just watch my kid for a minute? Because I'm like, oh, no, what if they just go crazy? They start running off. I just don't, I, no, I don't want the responsibility of anyone else's kid, even if it's only for a minute. So what I want is to have a disposable mobile phone. I give it to the kid and then go nuts, kid, play whatever you want. And then if they lose it, they break it. I don't care because it's just like a disposable camera. It's like, you know, you use it once and that's it. And you, want, that then, you want a burner. <laughs> yeah, that's it, basically. So then the kid stops running around and going crazy, and I don't really have to look after them. Fascinating. So you want them to be playing something for... Let them play, I don't care, man. Let them play whatever they want on their own phone. Well, you, just... you don't like watching some other kid uh, or some other parent's kids for a minute, but you got no problem if uh, you bring your kids into the office. You got to go get some makeup done. <laughs> hey, hey, Skeetsy, can you watch that for a second? Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's, uh, yeah, I don't mind doing it for other people. Just don't do it to me. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> now we know why we've been getting those noise complaints. Uh, next one here. The Bucks' Robin Lopez was just looking at add some cool memorabilia to his collection. But instead, he was notified that the Disney characters' clothing he bought via eBay were stolen goods. Lopez had purchased the costume of Buzzy, the Cranium Command animatronic, when authorities informed him of the scenario. When have you possessed something which turned out to be something other than you expected? Skeets. Yeah, in the summer of 94, um, I asked my parents, I asked my mom for the new Green Day album, Dookie. Uh -huh. <laughs> um... And what did I get instead? I got Green Day's previous, not as popular, indie rock punk album, Kirk Luck. Um, and I wasn't even that big a Green Day fan as it was. It was just sort of the cool thing in 94. And I got Kerplunk, which was like their second album ever that no one really knows. I mean, maybe diehard Green Day fans do, but I sure as hell didn't care. And I was very disappointed, so I was possessing the wrong Green Day album. That was before they sold out. That's right. That's true. It was Billy Joel Armstrong at his finest. Wrote all the lyrics on Kerplunk. Huh. Yeah, I'm just looking to confirm that there's a Kerplunk out there. Oh, oh, there is. I had it. Yeah, there is. There is. Wow. Dookie was... 
right in the middle of a good run. <laughs> uh, right out of one album. Uh, JD. Uh, our second born child, uh, we didn't know the sex of uh, him, as it turned out, but I was convinced it was going to be a girl. Convinced. <laughs> and I guess I kind of wanted a girl just because we already had a boy and, you know. Collect them all. Why not? Yeah. yeah. The full collection. <laughs> uh, so when he came out, uh, the first thing I saw were his balls and it was like, oh, I guess, I guess it's a boy. And that's okay. And I wouldn't have it any other way. But uh, I was a little worried that I'd be a little disappointed, but I wasn't at all. Yeah. It's weird how that works. But yeah, I mm-hmm. thought we had a girl, but we had a boy. Now we have two boys and we're done. Lee Yeah another cool camera story Uh, Back in 2002 Before digital cameras were trendy uh, I was going on a trip to New York Actually to watch the US Open tennis And uh, I saw on eBay or somewhere I guess it was They had this digital camera for 120 pounds It was and I was like uh, like, You know what I'm going to buy one Take it on a trip and I'm going to use it and see Mm. how it goes and the day I, I was leaving on a Sunday and it arrived on a Saturday, but I missed the, uh, the, the mail delivery or something. So I had to go out of town to sort of pick it up. So I raced out, grabbed it, came back home, made the flight on the plane on the way over. I'm checking it out. I'm taking a few snaps. But it, this was a digital camera that didn't actually let you see the image on the back of the camera. That's wow. sort of how, yeah, it was like one of the very first ones. But it showed me how much battery life and how many images I had to take still. So I thought, great. And then when I got home, I took out the little card and sent them in, took them into a, a photo developer shop, the Kodak shop, and they were garbage. They were the worst photos, the blurry, you know, the lighting was bad. Uh, and not my, that wasn't my problem either. It was just the... Yeah, the, you're an expert. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I had this beautiful trip to New York. I thought I had all these great memories and they were just garbage. Absolutely garbage. Is that where the picture of you uh, after speaking with the seating consultant comes from? <laughs> no. <laughs> Outside no, MSG? That was, on the old, uh, that was on the old analog camera. You could trust those. But, oh, man. <laughs> Digital cameras have come a long way. But uh, that, that one, that was a lesson, man. That cost me a few bob. <laughs> <laughs> you bub. You bub. To be clear, you still have the memories. Well, I have the yeah, they've faded over time as well. But uh, because I was, I, was, I, was, I was putting so much faith in this digital camera, but, I won't uh, have to remember anything. Nah, this is, nah, it's got it. Nah, yeah. But anyway, a couple of years later, or a year or so later, I bought a uh, a Canon, and that was great. Okay, okay. Let's <laughs> <laughs> move on, please. Cool camera, man. I needed to hear about a Canon <laughs> pixel shot, a Canon pixel shot. Yeah. Uh, they were making pixel shots back then. Yeah, man. It was state of the art. Wow, because they're still making them. I guess I guess they were great back then. Next one here. The start of this NBA season has not been enjoyable for Warriors head coach Steve Kerr. After a loss, he was asked if he was looking forward to his team having another chance to turn things around their next game, and he replied, I'm looking forward to the Modelo that's waiting in my locker room. Modelo is a beer, if you didn't know. When's a time you really needed to clear your head and decompress? Skeets. Earlier this week... A new podcast was dropped into our old podcast feed <laughs> at NBA TV. Now, it really upset me. I was uh, really grinding my gears. I was a little fired up about that. And I'd like to note, not upset with the actual new podcast or the people incorporated with that new podcast. I wish them nothing but luck and success and all that. It's just that idea of like you build something up, you build something up. And then you can't take it with you. And then suddenly someone that is a fan of the show and is subscribed to the show is suddenly getting a whole brand new thing. And I get it. It's business. I get it. That doesn't mean it didn't still upset me and sure. hurt me a little bit. Um, but I was fairly worked up about it. But when I'm worked up about something like that, I just, you know, just take a step back, chill out, go for a run, clear my head, decompress. And then I was fine. And then I'm like, yeah, let's go. There's, it doesn't really matter in the end of it. All right. Thank you for the current example, not an example from 2001. (laughs) (laughs) Or 94. Uh, Or 94. Uh, JD. Yeah, pretty much any, literally after every TV show we did, I needed to clear my head and decompress. It was a stressful stressful thing to do, but it was also one of the most fun things that I had to do and we had to do. And you you guys probably feel the same way, but walking away. Directing in general. Yeah, yeah. and like every show, especially if it went badly. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I was feeling You can that. carry that home yeah, in the ride home exactly. and, and through the night. The good thing was that we did a daily show, so you, you make it up the next day. True. But yeah. TV show. It's like, 
Just like an athlete. You got a game coming up right up. Exactly. That's true. Lee. It's similar to JD, but it was more at the end of the season after Summer League when we used to go out to uh, Vegas. It was the end of the season, and it was always fun doing the shows out there, but after our last night, I always tried to catch the earliest flight out of Vegas I could <laughs> just to get home. I'd had enough of basketball for the last 10 months, and... Uh, it was funny how, you know, like we, we had we, we loved doing the show and we had a great job and great time doing it. But after a season, you go to the finals and then we have the draft and free agency and then you go to Vegas where it's so stinking hot and you're watching bad basketball. <laughs> you're just like, I just need something, man. I need a, I need to break from basketball and a break from everything. And uh, So you yeah. just pop that IV out of your arm <laughs> yeah. and head on over to the airport. That's it, man. That's it. But uh, it was always good that first week or two after Vegas where you're just like, uh, I just don't. I, I'm not. I don't feel like I have to go and watch a game or. Oh all. man, yeah, for sure. As soon as summer league's over, you're like, it's crazy that there are no more sports around. Yes, <laughs> there's other things on TV. <laughs> weird. It is very weird. All right, great answers, guys. That's it for rapid fire. That's it for us this Friday. Please like, rate, and review wherever you listen to No Dunks. Those five star ratings, those reviews, they mean the world to us. They help us a lot. So please do that if you haven't already. Shout out to everyone that already has. Email questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. We'll be stepping on the beach later next week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at nodunksinc. And keep your eye for wedgies this weekend, people. We're only at one wedgie on the season. I got a good feeling we're getting a couple this weekend. So if you see one in a game, take note of the game and the time and tweet it at us. Have a great weekend. And I'll I'll just say to that as well, hey, if you want to take a fan sign, take one. Chiefs did. Yeah, we'll put it up on social. Send them in. Send them in. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, we have social media accounts on all platforms, all of them, every single one. Embrace the weekend, people. You could stay.